0: Nine o'clock here in Bridgeport. My name is Richard Hill, and you're listening to First Tuesday Rainy Day Radio. And uh, now I'm pleased to say we have a very special guest, John Weiss, joining us from New York City and uh, or perhaps Brooklyn, New York. I'm the, oh no, he's in Riverdale. <laughs> That's right. He's moved around. John Weiss, a really extraordinary piano player who is uh, just coming out with his n- latest CD and Thank you, John, for being with us.
1: Hello. My pleasure. All right. always, always delighted to promote uh, my music and, you know, see if it can make any money. Uh, <laughs> you know, to, to take out the onus of uh, having to play Piano Man and other uh, assorted uh, uh, classics of the uh, popular
2: repertoire.
0: Okay. Try not to clatter your dishes, John. <laughs> it's, coming, it's coming through loud and clear. Well, anyway, John, your C, your newest CD is, uh, I think, really excellent. I, I will say I can unreservedly give it a good review. And uh, I'm delighted that um, you have produced this beautiful production because it's it's got um, a, a whole range of your original compositions. It's called Buddha of the Rainforest, Meditations on Harmonic Transformation. It's got a variety of performers on the CD. John, of course, the director of the group and the piano player. So, John, tell us a little bit about uh, either the CD or what led up to it or anything else you'd like to start with.
1: Well, um, I've been writing music, you know, tunes off and on since, I don't know, many years, the 70s basically, and some of them are, are very good. I mean, I studied composition in um, college and in uh, university. So um, uh, I have some kind of background in that. I was doing classical music because there were no jazz programs. They just started to bring in a jazz program at the time, but it didn't have anything to do with uh, writing tunes or writing music. So uh, I, when the pandemic came along in 2020, um, I was uh, uh, immediately uh, You know, a lot of the music work dried up, and uh, I was uh, performing in some nursing homes at the time, and all that stuff also uh, got very scary and uh, basically evaporated. And so I had some some free time, so I decided to um, uh, work on these tunes, revise some of these tunes, and uh, make a recording with um, some musicians I knew who I'd played with over the years. And uh, that's basically how it came about. I mean, it's the first recording of my originals that i ever did and i do have you know quite a few more tunes that i would, would like to get out there so and i i've you know found it to be very gratifying and um um even though it was you know took some amount of funding not a great amount but and uh, work efforts it's still a you know, I have a product and I, I can present it and I can, you know, try to sell it. And I feel it's a good representation of me. So basically, I think they made, made partially do the pandemic where I could take all, I had four months of basically um, downtime. And uh, uh, it gave me the opportunity to, you know, to revise some of these songs. And uh, I wrote a bunch of new songs and, and put it all together and uh, uh, come out with the CD. Yeah. So,
0: Before we uh, dissolve into uh, a half hour of just talking, why don't we play a cut from the CD and then um, you can talk a little bit more about the concept behind it, which I think is quite uh, intriguing, uh, which we can talk about after we play this one. Um, I would propose that we play Microtonic to start, if you agree.
2: Uh,
1: That'd be fine.
0: Okay, so let's start with that and uh, we'll be back in a moment. Microtonic, comp- composed by John Weiss and performed by his group, uh, John, I noticed I'm, you have this uh, John Weiss and Boss rhythm on the uh, on the cover. What does that refer to?
1: Well, that's, that's what I'd call a group, and uh, I kind of made that name up um, years ago when I was playing this uh, jam session at a place called Mo' Better Blues, actually, which is actually also in the name of a Spike Lee movie, yep. but I don't think the club had anything to do with the movie or it wasn't named after the movie. Let's put it that way. So, um, uh, uh, so I've been using that name off and on over the years, uh, just as a uh, kind of a group name. So um, it gives me something to identify with, you know, in terms of uh, beside uh, my name, and, you know, uh, that's all it is. Group right, name, right. And I, Probably should copyright it, or uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you know it's like, re- um, you know, reminds me of one time I, uh, I um, I some of the earlier days of the internet, I copyrighted johnweiss.com. and then uh, I, I I wasn't doing anything with it. I didn't do a website or anything. I let it slide for about a year, year and a half, and then I tried to resume the same address and somebody you know somebody else had already bought it and then i got an email from them saying that they're willing to sell it to me for two or three hundred dollars the name you know so i mean uh. funny. <laughs> all right so um yeah so that's what boss rhythm um uh, is referring to
0: okay so the song microtonic which uh, let me turn up my earphones a little bit harmonically it's well beyond my ken in terms of you know all the all the incredible roller coaster ride of changes you're going through there but um in your the notes to your cd you talk about chord progressions chord qualities and unusual resolutions and modulations can also serve a higher meditative function in respect that they are transformative and can lead to an altered state of consciousness can you expand on that a little bit
1: well, I mean, uh, I, that uh, certainly can be true. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily apply it to that, to microtonic. And uh, in point of fact, um, uh, I didn't uh, compose these things. Uh, I mean, they, they came out pretty spontaneously and then I had to revise them, but but I didn't compose them, you know, in, in, a, in a trance or in a meditative state or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, music can can serve that function. And, um, uh, you know, as you are well aware, I know you've had experience playing, uh, you know, religious ceremonies, Santeria and uh, other uh, Udon or whatever they call that. And uh, But that's, you know, mostly having to do with drums and chanting. It creates all states of consciousness, not necessarily what I would call of a high spiritual level, but uh, it's, it's possible. I think that's the tune that best represents that uh, concept is um, gilding the lily, which I, I kind of composed as um, a, uh, a long extended series of, of chord changes, which, uh, and chord qualities, different chord qualities. Some of the chords are made up. They, 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 would be defined in, in normal musical terms, like uh, C minor seventh or C mi- uh, C uh, minor with a sharp seventh, or whatever, that C sharp uh, C seven sharp eleven, they they, they they're beyond that. They're co- more complex chords. Not too. I specifically kind of was trying to work with that concept, but I don't know. You know, it's, it's it's subjective. Somebody would have to be listening to it and then, you know, fall into a kind of a meditative state or a trance and see uh, where it took uh, them. But uh, yes, music can definitely serve that function, and particularly when you're dealing with a series of uh, harmonies um, or, 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 or an extended chord progression. Well, I,
0: that's arguable. I, I would say, I mean, as you pointed out, uh, this uh, that kind of altered state of consciousness is generally associated with rhythmic articulation uh, in drum orchestras ensembles played in the settings where altered states of consciousness are welcomed and nurtured and those are usually African derived drum uh, singing and dancing with uh, a religious kind of orchestrator who's who's leading the event and indeed I I have done that kind of stuff and I've let's say I've, I've drummed at those kind of occasions I've also I also spent a couple of years in West Africa studying, that kind of music and did some research on it. So that's my orientation. So when I saw in your notes that melodic and harmonic data can produce an altered state, of course, I understand that music is transforms consciousness in many ways, and many types of music do that. But it was interesting to see that. I'm glad to see, John, that you're paying attention to altered states of consciousness. I know you're a very down-to-earth kind of guy, so I'm, I'm glad that you're Getting into those realms and that uh, your music can lead us there. Shall we listen to the Gilding Lily? Lily since that's.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gilding Lily. That's that. Uh, once again, that came out. First of all, on, on microtonic, I just like to mention the reason why uh, I mean, I don't want to get too technical for to the listeners, but it does go through all 12 keys and uh, with a, a middle section or bridge section which is uh, kind of on an A minor pedal, it, but it does go through all keys, and it's built on a sequence of chords uh, derived from the diminished chord, so a sequence of, of, of descending minor thirds, you would think. All right, well, Gilding the Lily was uh, completely... Um, uh, uh, other than the fact that I, I ended on the same chord that I began... No, I ended on the fifth which is a, a, of, uh, a, a related, you know, the, sub, the dominant chord for the tonic, if you want to call a first chord the tonic. There's really no key in that song, but I ended on a very related chord to the first chord with a, a melody which was derived from the the opening eight bars of the, the original melody. Other than that, I just kind of uh, did have a much more free form. Uh, approach to um, to uh, writing the song. Even I use some of the same mo- uh, melodic ideas, or what you would want to call motivic ideas, to be the more technical term for that. But um, uh, I just use my ear and my intuition and what I heard in my mind to to uh, to you know let it flow from one chord to the next. And the form, even though um, when I actually sat down and counted the bars out and uh, uh, figured out how many bars there were for each chord. Sometimes there's eight bars for uh, one particular chord change. Sometimes there's four bars. Sometimes there's two bars. But it does come out into a, a, a kind of a, a pattern, uh, kind of a mathematical pattern. Um, and I didn't think that out initially, but it did, you know, as in the creative uh uh, any creative effort, you know, that comes out well, there was a, a certain internal organization arose, kind of uh, mm. on its own, so to speak. Yeah. So, um, oh, anyway, yeah, let's listen to it, and uh, maybe if people uh, close their eyes and turn off the lights, you know, might be might take them into another realm. Let's see.
0: Let's give it a shot. Here we go. Gilding the Lily, with John Weiss and Boss Rhythm. and Boss Rhythm in his new CD, Buddha of the Rainforest. My name is Richard Hill. I'm here with John Weiss. And uh, John, we'll put off for a, a bit talking about the, um, the cards we have yet to play. That is the, the uh, rich history we had playing in mafia bars uh, in uh, New Jersey and the Bronx. Lo these, what, 40 years ago? But uh,
1: let's... Something let's, like that,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, we can we can save that for the, uh, the Coupe de Grasse at the end of the show. But talk a little bit of your, about your personnel. That, um, now, that was tenor, if I'm not mistaken. The other, the first one we played, there was some soprano. Is that correct?
1: Oh, that was tenor also. That it was both was, the, the tenor both. Tenor? Yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah, I'd like to definitely give a shout-out to the musicians. I mean, the, the uh, drummer is a great drummer, actually. Uh, I have him featured, uh, Marvin Boogaloo Smith. And to me, he's one of the all time great drummers. He's certainly one of the best drummers I ever played with.
0: Yeah, and, I, I, lo- um, I love his playing. Yep. yep. And,
1: and he's, you know, he's very free and loose and, you know, he can play anything. For He played with Son Ra for, you know, for five years and he was with Archie Shep. But he also did, you know, some commercial gigs. He played with Lola Falana, apparently, and some uh, Italian uh singer who was uh, in Italy. lived in Italy for 25 years as well. So, I mean, he's a a very advanced player and and a very wonderful player, very supportive. And the bass bass player is Razzo Harris, very well known um, jazz bass player, kind of innovative. He uses a a six-string bass, which he uh, added two strings himself and uh, the the the, uh, the two saxophone players. Uh, the first one was Tommy Morimoto, very good friend of mine, and the second one was Sam Dillon. Um, a little different style. I think he's a little bit more suited to the, the kind of tunes that he played on. But uh, he's kind of an up and coming younger player, and uh, I mean not relatively young, so to speak, but uh, <laughs> he's you know on the forefront of uh, the up and coming musicians of, of tenor players. So I was very fortunate to be able to work with such great players. And um, one of the things that uh, uh, enabled that was the the fact that we recorded a lot of this in 2020-2021 in the the height of the pandemic. So um, probably most of it in 2021, but the... you know, there was no touring going on and very little work overseas and so forth and so on. So everybody was around and uh, there was some gigs, but I mean, it basically everybody was around and pretty well disposed. We had to be able to have a few rehearsals and, uh, and get it together.
0: Yeah. I just want to make a recommendation that if if you are on speakerphone that you be careful with the noise you're making in the background. Cause it's... Oh,
1: okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, actually I'm on earphones, but I just... Happen to get a drink? Yeah, I'll 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 <laughs> remain uh, quiet.
0: Yeah, sit on your hands for God's sakes. So once again, we're speaking with John Weiss, piano player extraordinaire, leader of this group Boss Rhythm, who has just released a new CD, Buddha of the Rainforest. Yeah, I like all the cuts. I think I've some more than others, but I do like Blues for Another Day, and I would love to hear that now, if you don't mind. Uh, maybe you could say a word about it before we play it is it a 12 bar blues for example
1: uh well it's actually a 24 bar blues but um as when, when playing on it uh you know basically the blues form which is you know kind of supersedes everything although i try to you know it's more of a uh let's say an out kind of a blues so uh, i try to get away from the blues form as a, you know in terms of its rigid rigidity but actually the melody is a 24 24- bar blues but what's interesting about this song is that the whole song exactly as it's played on the uh uh you know as we recorded it on the cd uh was improvised by me on a gig uh, i was working at the time uh doing uh i think an open mic gig at cleopatra's needle in manhattan the jazz club uh now defunct uh in manhattan and um uh I had a very good band. And I used to play a set tune. And um, at the end of the... Uh, usually we'd play one tune and then we'd have a, a bunch of singers come up, you know, and then we'd play another tune at the end. And this was the uh, the, end, the ending tune, the break tune. And I just improvised the whole thing. And I just happened to be recording that night. I had the CD player on. I happened to be recording. And um, the whole thing, I just... Played it as is, and then I listened to it. You know, um, uh, I don't know a couple of weeks later, or I mean, who knows a year later, and I said, "Wow, that's pretty good." And I just transcribed what I played, and that became the melody.
2: Hmm. Yeah, so but it was.
1: It was. It was totally uh, <laughs> improvised uh, initially, and it came out exactly as it is recorded, which is unusual because usually. Um, You know, that's unusual for a a, a compositional process so that you would create a tune spontaneously that that was perfect. I I recently did it also, uh, kind of another I Got Rhythm Tune on a jam session. I just improvised something. Something came into my head, an idea came into my head, ended up improvising the whole tune.
2: Hmm.
1: So it it, it is, you know, that's another uh, method of composition, so to speak.
2: I
0: believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that Charlie Parker's, (laughs) A couple of his solos became the heads of bebop tunes when he was playing. I'm not sure how he remembered what he played, but uh, they sure sound like solos. (laughs) Some of those, the heads of some of his songs. Well, let's listen to blues for another day, and we'll be back to talk about it. (laughs) That's a wild ride. I could have sworn I heard a bar, a bar of two four structured in there. Let's say the the one landed in, an, in a different place as I was counting it. Am I right about that or not?
1: Well, I mean, the, there is a syncopation in there in the melody, yeah.
0: Not, so, synco, uh, not syncopation, just like literally a bar of two four, so that the the one gets defined in the middle of the next bar, so to speak. But
1: no, not uh,
0: happening really. The, the,
1: no.
0: Okay. All right. I'll listen again and see see what the I can. The
1: quirkiness uh, the melody. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I that was you know I just kept the uh, the exact thing that I had improvised. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's I improvised.
0: Very cool. Very nice. Hey, by the way, just a little announcement here. Uh, Raphael Warnock has been declared the winner of the Senate race in Georgia.
1: Oh, great day. Yeah. Hello. Hallelujah.
0: And, uh, yeah, you
1: have to deal with a, a bona fide, uh, you know, uh, ignoramus. Uh, as a you I mean, there's enough of them in there as it is already. But this guy's like, you know, <laughs> he's he's, uh, you know, um, uh, been a uh, known ignoramus. Let's put it that way. I mean, he make, doesn't make any bones about it. I mean, they they played. Uh, I think one of the advertisements had had his had his the riff about being preferring to be a vampire than. Um, a, was it, no, he wanted to be the Wolfman rather than a vampire because you could always kill a vampire by stabbing, uh, putting a stake through his heart. So, did you he hear that one?
0: Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, I think uh, Wolfmen can kill vampires. So he
1: right. So I mean, uh, he shifted his you know,
0: the, uh, shifted the, his loyalties.
1: Well, there was only actually one Wolfman, you
2: know. That's I mean, right.
1: He had the various incarnations, but there was only one. So yeah, so that's yeah, so that was a uh, interesting cut, I I let Boogaloo uh, stretch out on that. He plays a very nice solo. It sounds a little bit like Elvin Jones.
2: I
0: was going to say that's why I like him so much because he does have that loose feeling, but the the time is maintained. In spite of, that's the thing I think there's like a range of rhythmic phrasing and interpretation that drummers and probably everybody else in the band brings to the performance of jazz and. Because the music is in that triple time, you know, 12/8. Really, if you if you were to notate it accurately, instead of using triplet notation, you could you could do the whole thing in 12/8, and that would cover the ba 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 ba. You know, instead of the ba 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 Right? It's jazz is played in that kind of skipping feeling, and because of that, there's a lot of room for slipping and sliding in terms of the way drummers play, and some of them play very tight and almost ahead of the beat and others seemed to play behind it. And Elvin was such a drummer, but <laughs> in spite of the fact that it, it felt like he was like a, I have this image of Elvin playing, which is like when you look at a propeller or a fan going around and all of a sudden you notice that the there's an image of the, the blades turning backwards you know and very slowly turning backwards. That's the kind of feeling, this churning thing that he got going where the time was moving ahead, you had to stay on it because Coltrane was whipping the whole band forward, but it still had that incredibly loose, relaxed feeling. I think Boogaloo has that uh, going on.
1: I define it as as, as playing, uh, playing the pulse rather than playing the time. And, um, you know, when you have, uh, I mean, like... Uh, uh, when you have musicians that that are highly experienced and you know played for a long time, uh, you could you could do that. So I mean, you know, in the history of music, you know, I don't think there's been any, uh, except as far as Latin music is concerned. But I think Latin music does pick up tempo uh, a little bit, you know, throughout the tune. But um, that, but that's got another kind of uh, impetus. But you know, in the history of like. Uh, most music, there's always been a lot of um, uh, fluctua- uh, kind of fluctuation, rubatos, and uh, you know, um, accelerandos, particularly in classical music, and uh, pauses and and um, you know, uh, kind of a like more of a flow. Even baroque music had that, even though it has a, a propulsion to it. There was uh, nobody really knows what baroque music really sounded like because you know it was before recordings came into being, but I'm um, sure there was a certain amount of, um, of fluctuation or, or uh, 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 variation in, in the rhythm that it really wasn't rigid. And you do have certain people that ostensibly, you know, pay homage to the uh, strictness of uh, rhythmic time and that the time should never vary and so forth and so on. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of complicated uh, theories and that go on with it. But I mean, basically, if it swings, it swings. I mean, it's basically what it comes down to. So uh, I guess Duke Collington said, so I mean, that's the all uh, uh, important thing. And something that's very, you know, like stiff and rigid is not necessarily going to swing all the time. There's, there has to be a kind of a human element into it. I mean, you know, the, 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 the heartbeat is never completely regular, you know, throughout the day and the night. So Nothing is really, uh, you know, beside, you know, uh, the atomic clock, nothing is really uh, um, rigidly in time. There's always a certain amount of, you know, like uh, fluctuation and ebb and flow.
0: Absolutely. You, You said something which made me think of something, and then I promptly forgot it because I was queuing up the next number. Let's default, no fault or pun intended, but let's go to the next track. I'm selecting Along Came Mary, which, of course, is a song, the title of the song from the 60s by who? Remember the group? That...
1: Uh, uh, well, Benny, no, no. Uh, Benny Golson wrote a song called The Long Came Betty.
0: No, but uh, there was also a pop song from, I believe, I'm not sure if it was a Brit group or an American group. But, uh, that that was the title of that song. But yeah, so interesting. You, you have the same title, and I was sort of expecting maybe an interpretation of that song. When I put the track on at home, and but no, it's quite in its own realm. So, anything you would like to say about this song before we play it?
1: Well, I mean, it you know, it was uh, it was expensively named after a uh, a woman that we both knew, and uh, oh, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I was never intimate with her, but she she was a, a rich girl <laughs> without was out and. Uh, she was um, uh, kind of uh, stayed with us for, I don't know, when we were, we were living together. She stayed with us for about a couple of months, maybe a month or two, in a loft and uh, part-time. And uh, she would uh, go out and work as a, as a B-girl in piano bars with another mutual friend of ours. So um, uh, somehow I wrote the tune, that not uh, I wrote the basic of the tune. I would say the, whole, the first eight bars of the tune, it kind of came out during that period, and um, somehow I uh, just named it after her. I don't know why. It, it doesn't you know, necessarily remind me of her or anything like that, but for so somehow maybe she was just around a lot and she was in my mind, and I just kind of used, used that as a, as a title and kept the title rather than changing the title. And then I revised it and, and kind of extended it to some degree in, in 2020. So that's oh, the basis of that, and it 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 varies between a twelve-eight and a swing, uh, literally. But that's you know originally how I wrote it, way back you know in the day. So um, with the twelve-eight and the swing.
0: All right, let's take a listen, and uh, we're here with John Weiss. He's a, a excellent piano player based in New York. He's actually living in Riverdale right now, in case you want to hunt him down. As he mentioned, we shared space back in uh, the, was it the 70s and played in a really pretty horrible rock and roll band for a couple of years. And uh, we can talk about that a little bit if you like later. Here comes Along Came Mary. Along came Mary, John Weiss, and Boss Rhythm. His new CD, Buddha of the Rainforest: Meditations on Harmonic Transformation and Spiritual Transformation, too. According to the conversation we had earlier. So, John, you're making noise again. So, I just want to alert you. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I was uh, clicking on
1: this. Yeah, I have earphones on. I'm trying to avoid the uh, the uh Radiation from the cell phone. Who knows what that's going to do? So.
0: Jesus. Um, Still dodging those cosmic rays. You still have the tinfoil hat and all that, you know.
1: Well, I mean, look. I mean, there's been a lot of studies done about, you know, brain cancer and cell phone use. I mean, uh, I mean, but uh, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you see the. The dangers and the the uh, insidiousness of, uh, of of cell phones actually they can be very hypnotizing, including you know i mean i have, sometimes I have to just you know turn my phone off and put it in a drawer and get away from it you know
0: yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's become a uh, a um, you know uh, you know like the individual uh, boob tube That's right. that you carry yeah. around with you twenty four hours a day and and you know I see. People doing crazy things all the time. I see people uh, where I work in Forest Hills in Queens. uh, I work out there three days a week. And uh, I'm right a block away from Queens Boulevard, which is like 12 lanes uh, wide. And it's, um, uh, uh, you know, at least 12 lanes yeah Oh uh, yeah twelve lanes wide and and the they don't give they just give you enough time to cross it with a yellow light, you know you just kind of <laughs> you have to kind of hoof a little bit, and i've seen many people c- cross that street texting and looking just looking at their cell phones kind of just oblivious to what's going on and then the the red light is flashing, and they're still crossing the street texting on their cell phones i mean you know it's it's nuts i mean and that's the most, one of the considered to be the most dangerous street in New York as far as action. Anyway, oh. another story, another issue. So, um, yeah, that was uh, uh, also some interesting harmonic um, uh, devices that I employed in that song, which is gives it its color and its quality. And then the, the variation, the literal variation between the 12.8 and the 4.4.
0: Yeah, yeah, very evident. I mean, I'm not harmonically literate. My ear has opened up in a way so that I can really get into music that is stretches the harmonic boundaries, as yours does. And I just want to mention that we are here at WPKN. You're listening to 89.5 FM on your dial, or you're streaming online at wpkn.org. And we're here in the new, our new studio. It's really great to be in a space like this. You know, John, we for how many years? 52 years, I think, uh, PKN was based at the University of Bridgeport. And a very interesting history there. But the studio, it never changed in 50 years. I mean, I think once in, in the course of that, I, I've been there, I've been work had worked there for like 25 years or so. Once in that period, they changed the carpeting and they put up new shelves for CDs and they had to actually there were so many LPs. We were on the second floor or third floor, actually. We were on the third floor. There were so many LPs in our library that the uh, physical plant people came over and said, the structure of this building cannot support that kind of weight. (laughs) So we had to (laughs) – we we literally had to take maybe two-thirds, two-thirds of the CDs and put them in storage in some godforsaken warehouse. Then we started selling them off at uh, record fairs and stuff like that. But we still have—I'm not sure how many—but you know, 5,000 maybe something like that uh, LPs, and we have uh, countless CDs here. We, we were up to I think 75,000 CDs by the time we moved, and when we moved, there wasn't enough room here to accommodate all that, so we had to shed some of the more of the LPs and a lot of the CDs, and kept what I think, what I hope, is a good collection of jazz here talking to John Weiss. My name is Richard Hill, Randy Day Radio, which comes to you the first Tuesday of the month at 8.30 p.m. We're going to wrap it up in about 25 minutes. And John, I think normally during this period, I I call it Jazz Edge, and I play a lot of different uh, artists and stuff like that. But uh, we still have some tracks here on the record I'd love to play. So you might just take us right on out if we keep going here. But, you know, speaking of the lower East side where that uh, loft was—it was a ground floor loft. Or actually, there was a stoop. You had to walk up about six steps. It was a huge place with full glass windows, which I think you could open them. Yeah,
1: you—you you could. They kind of louvered out. Yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of—you twisted them out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And below those windows was this. I guess it was a stairway to the basement, but it was like a trench, like
1: a. <laughs> it was oh, a, a dugout. Yeah, it was like a dugout.
0: Right. And
1: like they, uh, yeah. So uh, of before course, the basement, right? Filled yeah. with garbage.
0: Filled to the brim. And so, but there was this guy, this homeless guy who who hung out in front of our loft. Now you you mentioned other like conclave's happening there, but I I just knew this one guy <clears throat> when I was there and. He was um, a really, for some reason, a really appealing character, even though he had, you know, flies buzzing around his head. <laughs> I mean, he, he was definitely living on, on the downside of the street. And, um, and he was, I guess, autistic or, or schizophrenic or something like that. But he, he did communicate with us a little bit. And so do you remember when we hired him to clean that out, clean out the, the, the trench?
1: Uh, not really. Yeah, I, I don't remember that.
0: Well, we we did. I know it
1: was cleaned out at one point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he that's the guy that did it. And as I was telling you the other night, uh, he disappeared for after he did the job. He, he disappeared for a couple. I, we gave him like whatever fifty bucks or something, and you know, with all that money, he he just went off and disappeared. And w- when he came back two months later, we said, I forget his name, but we said, "What, well, where, where were you, man? We really missed you. We were worried about you." And he said. I attacked a bus.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of vaguely remember that one. Yeah,
0: it was wonderful. So, what's next? Let me see. We've played microtonic. We played. We have not played Buddha of the Rainforest, which is the title.
1: Yeah, I like. Yeah, let's play that. Okay. that's another one, which is you know it takes it goes through some interesting harmonic uh, uh, permutations and uh, compositional. Uh, uh, changes as well because it's it kind of goes into a uh, rubato section at the uh, at the end of the tune which is actually part of the tune so um i definitely had when i wrote the tune i definitely had visions of a rainforest at the time and uh, subsequent uh, uh studies of buddhism later on in life and 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 seeing pictures of these buddhas you know they could be in the middle of uh, uh, so, uh, as on the cover as you see a beautiful sta- big huge statue of buddha could have been you know it could have been a like more of a settlement around there some kind of some kind of uh city or village years ago that was just kind of overrun by the jungle everybody left and was over overrun by the jungle like the mayan ruins but uh you, you know you see this uh all over uh that part of the world southeast asia so that's that seemed to be a good uh, addition to the title. It was originally called Rainforest, and I added Buddha of the Rainforest. But I did, definitely had visions of a rainforest when I wrote the song.
0: All right. Buddha of the Rainforest. Confess, well, I not even a confession. I just want to tell you that I'm uh, l- was listening to that really beautiful music. Uh, I gotta say, very lovely. Uh, while I am watching on the uh, big consp- computer screen that we have here in the studio, watching the celebration at Warnock headquarters in Georgia, and, and Raphael Warnock has just ascended the podium, and people are going crazy. And you talked about cell phones. The, all you can see is a wall of cell, you know, cell phones, the uh, visual part of the cell phone, because everybody's holding them up. Uh, how much did
1: he uh, win? Did, did he track the guy?
0: No, he did not. Unbelievably, it was very, very narrow margin so far. I mean, they may not have c- counted all the um, early votes or all the, the absentee votes. So, but th- apparently, it's enough so that the uh, whatever comes in will not change the outcome.
2: I
1: mean, he has more
0: than 51%, I guess. Barely. I, I think uh, just more than 50%. Walker has 49 plus and you know, so it's, it's about 1% separating them. Victory has been declared, and Warnock would not jump the gun if he didn't know for sure. So there he is on the podium. I wish I was there. We're coming down. We have like seven minutes remaining, so we have a couple of tunes we haven't played. So... Sixth Sense, or I Got Schisms, as opposed to I Got Rhythm. You want to play one more? Maybe that'll probably take us to the.
1: Yeah, I would say play. Uh, I would. I would play Sixth Sense. I mean, I'm I'm kind of enamored at that song of that song because uh, uh, it's a very interesting song um, and uh, it has a lot of uh, chromaticism and um, uh, the harmonies. Uh, even you know they're uh, also kind of unusual. There's a lot of chord changes in that as well, but they do flow very uh, smoothly. And again, it's a very elongated form, a long tune. I think it's about seventy something bars long. But um, uh, I kind of I kind of liked it uh, compositionally, and also the way I played on it, it came out pretty good. And uh, there's another bass player, uh, Christian Fabian, on that. I wasn't able to get a hold of Ratsho for that, that one song. Mm. But um, it's a trio. And, uh, yeah, I would recommend playing that.
2: All right. The
1: other song is great, too. I mean, all I'm happy with all the songs. I'm very pleased with all the compositions. But, I mean, I, I happen to, uh, um, you know, kind of uh, gravitate toward that one. Okay. That's my own.
0: We'll definitely play it if it, uh, let me just see. Yeah, so this will take us right to the brink, and we might have to fade so I can say goodbye to everybody and thank you at the end. But anyway, John Weiss and Boss Rhythm has been with us for the duration here and uh, playing wonderful stuff from his new CD, Buddha of the Rainforest, Meditations on Harmonic Transformation. And a really excellent group of musicians. I mean, those two sax players, I think I love them both. I mean, they just... I'm a sucker for... Uh, Coltrane esque madness. So um, they're really stretching it, and I love that. So, Sixth Sense by John Weiss. John, it's been great having you with us tonight. John Weiss. Well,
1: thank you so much. I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, be interviewed and uh, to, for you to play all this music. And, uh, you know, on, on the CD, over the radio, I really do appreciate the opportunity.
2: My pleasure, John. Much.
0: And we got to go. Thanks so much. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye.
2: Okay, Bye.